So good to have you here this morning. One of the things I just want to hit on real quick. Um, Historically, October is known as Pastor Appreciation Month. And I wanted to just take a minute and appreciate and give thanks for all of our pastors and leaders who are on staff, um, our volunteer leader. Like, as the lead pastor, I get a lot of appreciation and thanks, but I want to make sure that you know how many people give and serve and sacrifice so that our church can do what it does and be who it is. We have so many leaders that maybe you're not aware of, pastors who love our kids, our youth, who do administration, and then we have a lot of volunteer leaders who love and serve and counsel. So why don't we just give a round of applause for those people. And even though we have special days of appreciation, like Secretary Appreciation Day and Teacher Appreciation Day, I think we can remember to show love and appreciation all the time. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's good to be grateful. And I wanted to follow up on a couple other things. Uh, In the last couple of weeks, we just did a really cool series of teaching called The Heart and the Harvest. The heart and the harvest. And we talked about finances. I talked about the heart, that God wants our heart, and that's why he teaches us to tithe. And I heard from a lot of you that God really has been working in your heart and leading you to want to follow him in obedience and just give him control of your life, including your finances. And what I wanted to say about that real quick is that if you feel that God has been speaking to you in that area, just understand that anytime you start to take a a closer step towards God, The enemy will want to come and try to cause you to stumble. He'll want to distract you. He'll want to bring fears into your mind. He'll want to bring doubts into your heart and try to stop you from experiencing what God has for you. So just be on guard against that. If God has spoken to your heart recently and shown you how you can grow in that area, keep going. Know that he's going to provide for you and bless you. And don't let the enemy steal away the seeds of truth that God has planted in your heart. Amen. And then Pastor Paul spoke about the harvest and the kingdom builders. Maybe you didn't know about kingdom builders before, but through kingdom builders giving, we support just a ton of missionaries and church planners and causes outside of our church. So missionaries all around the world, um, church plants that are in the state here. We support causes like Convoy of Hope. They bring resources when there's floods like we just saw. They bring food to orphans. We support the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Um, we do a lot of great things, and people give to that on a regular monthly basis. If you didn't know about that, I want you to know that coming up next month, November 19th, we're having our end-of-the-year Kingdom Builders offering. And really, what this is, is every year, it's really cool. What you need to do is just participate in this by asking the Holy Spirit what you should do. And what you, what you want to do is say, man, this is my opportunity to give my best gift to help bring in the harvest. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. So you pray, you ask the Holy Spirit to show you what to do. If you're married, you want to go to your spouse and say, hey, what do you feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to you? I just did this with Amy this last week. What do you feel like the Holy Spirit is saying we should do? Um, I said a number, she said a number, her number was higher. So she pretty much wins because she's always right. You know, (laughs) whoever's number is higher wins and you get to control the remote for a month. That's the rule. Um, But you just want to pray. And then on November 19th, at the end of each service, we're just going to come with that gift. It's completely voluntary. There's no pressure. But it's just something really cool for us to give to reach people who don't know the Lord, who are outside of the walls of this church, who we might never even meet this side of heaven. Uh, But this is just something that God does in us. He stirs up generosity like that. So pray about it. Um, Start talking about it with your spouse. uh, And it's going to be really cool. 
I'm really excited about this new series that we're starting today called The God I Never Knew. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. This series is going to be so much fun for you. You're going to love it, and it's really going to help you. This is a series that I, I heard this, this teaching. I read a book from Pastor Robert Morris a couple years ago, and once in a while, something like this happens where I, I read something, I hear something, and I feel like God tells me, your church needs to hear this. So I've been waiting and looking forward to this for quite a while, and I believe that God wants to speak to you through this series on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is someone that... We have a lot of misconceptions about, if we're being honest. And I think I misunderstood him a lot of times growing up. Maybe you, depending on what background you grew up, maybe uh, you had a lot of encounters with the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit people. Maybe they were weird experiences. Maybe they were good experiences. Okay? Or maybe you grew up um, not around church. Or maybe you grew up in a denomination that did not talk about the Holy Spirit. They just kind of skipped over those chapters in the book of Acts, you know, and they just, kind of, they just kind of passed over those verses. And maybe you grew up and you thought the Holy Trinity was the Father, Son, and Holy Bible. But there's this third person of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit, and he is not weird, okay? Um, sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit like this crazy uncle in our family who shows up every couple of years and he horrifies everyone with his inappropriate behavior, and we just kind of have to put up with him and love him because, you know, he's family. But the truth is that he is a really great person. He's a wonderful person. He's my friend, and he wants to be your friend, and I don't want you to have misunderstandings about him or believe lies about him because he's a great person, and you want to know him, okay? So we're going to learn about him over these next weeks, and God is going to open your eyes to the Holy Spirit in new ways. I believe that. Are you ready for that? Yes. Okay, some of you are like, I'm not so sure. It depends. It depends on what you say. You do your thing, Pastor Ryan. We'll see how I feel about it. Cool. Today I want to talk about this and answer the question, who is he? Who is he? If we want to know who he is, we should ask the person who knows him best, shouldn't we? And that's Jesus. Jesus knows him very well. And in John 14 through 16, we encounter Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is going into this last few hours of his life, last 12 to 15 hours of his life. In John 14, he's in the upper room after the Last Supper. In John 15, he is probably walking to the Garden of Gethsemane, theologians believe. So he kind of stops at one point, he picks up a, a branch and he says, I am the vine like this branch. So he's at the last part of his life. And you have to realize that he's not with a large crowd, because sometimes when he was with a big crowd, he would speak in parables and cryptically. He was not arguing with the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was with his closest friends who he loved and cared about. And they were, they were really hurting. They were scared. They were nervous. Because Jesus was basically telling them, the main context of these passages is, I'm going away. But don't worry, because I'm going to send someone for you, someone who will help you, who is going to be a blessing to you. It's the Holy Spirit. So he's introducing his disciples to the Holy Spirit. John 14, verse 16. He says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Say the word helper. helper. To be with you forever. Verse 17, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, notice that word him, nor knows him. You know him 
for he dwells with you and will be in you. And I want to emphasize that it's a him, that it's a he, okay? It's not the force like in Star Wars. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is a he. The Bible never calls him an it. He's a he. And you need to know that because in order to have a personal relationship with him, you have to know he's a a person. Okay? Go to John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. In other words, Jesus is saying, what I'm about to say is going to be difficult to believe. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. I mean, think about that. How great is Jesus? I mean, Jesus is the guy we all love to love. Jesus is the guy that even non-Christians have to begrudgingly admit is pretty great. And Jesus himself actually says this. It's better for you that I go away. It's better for you that I go away so the Holy Spirit can come. What does that infer? That the Holy Spirit is going to be a great blessing to you. Go to John 16, verse 12. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. This is the Holy Spirit. He's so good. Um, Some things really changed in my life when I got married. For the better, mostly. All for the better, I'll say. All for the better. All for the better, definitely. Let me just back that up. Rewind. Everything was better. (laughs) One of the things that changed was my house started to look a lot less like a bachelor pad and a lot more like a home. Right Before I got married, my walls were covered with like Braveheart posters and cool guy stuff like that. But then my wife, Amy, she came in, she made a house a home, right? And she made it pretty, she made it decorative, but not, but not too, fit. like she kept it very considerate of my, my manliness and she made it pretty, she made it come together. It was awesome. And one of the things that really caught me off guard was when we got married, all of a sudden there were fancy things in my house that I was not allowed to use. Do you know what I'm talking about? There are plates in my kitchen which I have never eaten off of. Okay, they're fancy plates. There are um, pillows on my bed which I'm not allowed to use. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, They're fancy pillows, they're for decoration only. There are towels in my house that you can use but I can't use, right? Like one time I'm in the guest bathroom, I'm drying my hands on a towel and my wife is walking by and she's like, what are you doing? I was like, what? What am I doing? I don't know. What, you tell me, what am I doing? I'm wet, I saw a towel, I'm drying. She's like, those towels are not for you. It's like, who are they for? I'm confused. They're for guests, she said. I was like, we have guests, right? Like, who are the the guests? No, when the guests come, they're for the guests. They're not for you. They're for guests. They're fancy. They're for looks. They're not for use. You can look, but you can't touch. Now I know, okay? Well, this is similar to the way a lot of Christians treat the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he lives in you. 
But a lot of Christians treat the Holy Spirit like this fancy, ornamental, theological object, which is supposed to just sit up on the shelf and look good and not touch, not use. And the reality is he's not for looks. He's for use. And you are not going to wear him out, okay? You want to use everything that he has for you. You want to benefit from him and who he is. The Holy Spirit is a blessing. And I want you to know this first. He's my helper. He is a helper to us. And we need to understand that. Just the title, Holy Spirit, can sometimes be a little bit of a barrier to us understanding him. Because the word, just even the word, the Holy Spirit, it sounds very spiritual, you know? I mean, it's like the Holy Spirit. The ho- it sounds like this ethereal, like mystical, supernatural, just I don't even know. But, but the reality is that's not the only way that he's described to us. And if we listen to Jesus describe him, we get a better understanding for who he is. Jesus called him the parakletos, this Greek word. And it has several meanings, and you're going to love all of them. It means that he stands alongside you, that he is your advocate, that he is your comforter, that he is your helper. So if, if someone asks you, like, well, what does the Holy Spirit do for you? You can say, he helps me. How many of you would say, I could use some help just with life in general? Like, I could use some help. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He helps you in so many ways, and, and, and you're going to really benefit as you understand how he wants to help you. And let, If you let him help, he helps you know what to say. Yep. Have you ever been in a situation where you're just like, I don't even know what to do right now? But there are times the Holy Spirit will come, and he'll show you what to say in a really delicate situation. There, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm not good with people and conflict and words, and you just get kind of overwhelmed at times. And you know, I, like, I don't even know what to say. I'm just going to start putting my foot in my mouth because I, but the Holy Spirit will come in and he'll, and he'll give you words to say. And often it'll be to encourage someone and to bless someone um, and to show them love. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was walking out into the lobby after church because I, I love to just, you know, meet new people after church and pray with people. And I stopped at a place I don't normally stop. And I started just talking to this, this woman. And, and so I was just like, how are you doing? What's going on? And she was like, I'm good. I'm good. And we started asking her questions. And at one point, she's like, why did you stop to talk to me? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, can, I don't understand it any more than you do. And she said, I've actually been going through a lot of stuff. And I was able to just encourage her and speak life to her. But it wasn't because I'm like the spirit whisperer. (laughs) It's because the Holy Spirit led me to stop and talk. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you what not to say. Oh, this is even more helpful for me. Okay, I don't know about you. But there have been some times that I have said some, some things, right, which I know did not glorify God. There are those times you come home, you've had a long day at work, you see your spouse, and you're about to unload. And you're like, well, I'm going to tell you about my day. And the Holy Spirit will say, mm, you shouldn't say that. And then how oftentimes have you said, I shouldn't say this, but... And then you say it, right? And then the Holy Spirit says, you shouldn't have said that, <laughs> you know? And, and I've noticed that just for me personally, as I've grown in my relationship with God, one of the things that I do now that I didn't used to do 
this is very profound and spiritual, is I delete a lot of text messages before I send them, right? I start typing out stuff, angry face emoji, gun emoji. And I'm like, delete, 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 delete. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because he says, you shouldn't text that, right? And let me tell you what, he'll keep you out of a lot of trouble, the Holy Spirit. He helps you know what to say, what not to say. The, Jesus says that he guides us into all the truth. Understand that word all, it means all. That means that there is no truth which you have come to realize which the Holy Spirit did not reveal to you. And that's very helpful. It is very helpful to know the spirit of truth because remember your enemy, he is called the father of lies. What better way to combat the father of lies than with the spirit of truth? Do you see how Jesus sets you up for success? The Holy Spirit will help you understand scripture. How many times have you read something in the Bible and you're just like, I don't even know what I just read. I, I don't even know. And, and the same thing happens to me. There have been times where I'll get commentaries out. I have software that will help me study and I'll read articles from theologians. And still, you're just like, man, I'm still not 100% sure what this is about. And then it's almost like you can just sense the Holy Spirit is there in the room and he's looking at you with the look on his face. And this is how I picture it. And he's just kind of like, You want to maybe ask me? I wrote it. You're like, yeah. And then the Holy Spirit can just give you understanding about Scripture that you just read. You don't need a pastor, right? You don't need a theologian. The Holy Spirit will bring the understanding of Scripture. He'll help you remember what Jesus said. Do you ever wonder, like, well, how did the, the disciples remember what Jesus said when they wrote his words down um, so many years later, this decades later sometimes? And how do they remember? How do we know it was accurate? Well, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will bring remembrance to you all of the words I have spoken. Have you ever had a, a moment where you were going through something and, and a scripture verse just kind of popped in your head? That's the Holy Spirit. He brings remembrance to us. How many of you would say, I could use some help with those things? Jesus also said, he'll show you things to come. Have you ever noticed that? This isn't talking about some weird Nostradamus fortune telling. This is talking about the Holy Spirit who is God and knows all things, giving you wisdom about things which have not happened yet. I could use some help with that. Amen. I don't know about you, some of you business leaders, some of you would really benefit like me from being able to pray and get wisdom from God in steps that you should take and how you should lead. The Holy Spirit does that for us. Man, he is a helper and he speaks to us. We all want to hear God speak. I have never met one Christian who says, I don't want to hear God speak. Everybody wants to hear God speak. They always ask me, you know, how do I recognize his voice? Um, and, and wouldn't it be weird if we said the Holy Spirit was here to help us and speak to us, but then we didn't want to talk to him? He talks to us. He, he speaks. Yet so many Christians, they keep him at arm's distance, at arm's length, right? And they say, well, I don't really want a lot to do with the Holy Spirit. It kind of weirds me out. I get uncomfortable. But the Holy Spirit, listen, you would be... A, You'd be a lot more successful at hearing God speak if you would embrace the person of the Trinity whose job it is to speak to you. It's the Holy Spirit. He, Jesus said he speaks what I tell him to speak. So he's going to speak to you on behalf of Jesus. It's so, it's so beneficial. He helps us in many ways. One of the ways that he helps us is by convicting us. 
He convicts us. John 16, 8 says, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Okay, so this is really helpful. First, he convicts us of sin. And this is not negative. It says, concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. In other words, people do not believe in me, Jesus says. And so the Holy Spirit is going to come and convict them of sin. Another way to understand the word convict is it means convince. He'll convince you. He'll convince you. And one of the things he convinces us about first in our lives is that we are sinners. That we're sinners. And that is not a negative thing. That's a helpful thing. Because you need to know you're a sinner in order to know you need a savior. And the Holy Spirit does that. He comes and he lovingly and mercifully reveals to us that we're sinners. And maybe, maybe you remember a time in your life when you gave your, your life to Christ. And in that moment, before you took that step, you felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit over the sin in your life. Isn't that countercultural? that the Holy Spirit does that. Think about this, especially if you're a millennial, you grow up in this day and age, you get trophies for everything. Everyone tells you how good and special and awesome you are. And yet the Holy Spirit, what he does is a little different. He comes along and he says, you've got a problem. You've got a serious problem. And all of us in our hearts, we're like, yeah, I do. I was waiting for someone to point that out because I've always known I do. It's helpful. He says, you're a in fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 3, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit's help, you would have never been able to acknowledge that you're a sinner. Then he convicts us of our righteousness. It says in verse 10, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Here's what Jesus is saying. I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave and go to where the Father is in heaven. And the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of righteousness. Now, you need to understand what this means. It does not mean the Holy Spirit is going to convict you of how to live righteously. He will. He will, he will lead you into righteous living. But what Jesus is saying is he will convince you of your righteousness. Now that I have died for you, Jesus says, now that I have rose again and given you everlasting life, the Holy Spirit is going to come and remind you and convince you in your heart that you have righteousness, that you are in right standing with God. Or have you ever wondered to yourself, like, man, am I really saved? Like, how do I know I am? Like, what if I die? Am I really going to go to heaven? Am I really good with God? I mean, I did a lot of stuff. The Holy Spirit will convince you of your right standing. It says in Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. In other words, he convinces you you're a child of God. When you're like, man, am I so good with God? The Holy Spirit says, yeah, you are. When you wonder like, man, I just blew it this week. Does God still love me? Oh yeah, he loves you. <laughs> That's what the Holy Spirit says. When you're like, man, am I still a child of God? The Holy Spirit says to your spirit, you know you're a child of God. God is looking at you right now, and he says, that's my boy. Yeah. Right? That's my girl. I love her. I love him. And that's what he does. He will convince you of your right standing. Then we read he convicts us of judgment. Verse 11 says, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, you need to understand who this is talking about, the ruler of this world. Who is that? John 12, 31 tells us. 
Jesus says, the time for judging this world has come when Satan, the ruler of this world, will be cast out. So Satan, Jesus is saying, was the ruler of this world. He was temporarily given dominion over the world. And Jesus is saying, as he approaches the end of his life, he's saying, I'm about to change that. The time has come for judging. I am here to judge Satan. This is Jesus talking. Another way that the word judge is translated is damnation. Okay, so this is really good. You're going to love this. Jesus is saying, I am here to cast the ruler of this world out, Satan. I'm changing his home address from the world to hell, and I am taking authority over this world. That's what Jesus is saying. And we must understand this, this passage where it says that the Jesus you know, sends the Holy Spirit and he convicts us concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And we hear that and we think it means, well, the Holy Spirit comes and he says, you're a sinner. You're not living right. And God's going to get you. That's what we think. But that's not what the Holy Spirit does. You just saw. That's not, not what the Holy Spirit says. He comes and he says, you were a sinner. And then when you place your faith in Jesus... The Holy Spirit says, now you have right standing with God. And then he says, the enemy, Satan, he has been cast out. He has no more authority in this world, and he has no more authority over you. That's what the Holy Spirit convicts you of. Isn't that good? Isn't it helpful to know what he does? Many of the times in my life when I was growing up, I thought of the Holy Spirit as just a guilty conscience. Right? Like anytime I did something wrong and I felt really bad about it, I'm like ashamed and I feel guilty. I'm thinking, like, well, the Holy Spirit's just disappointed with me again. You know, like I just let God down again. You see, what we do oftentimes is we mistake the words of the accuser for the words of the helper. Satan is called the accuser, the Holy Spirit is called our helper. Satan comes and he says, You're terrible. You're a sinner. The Holy Spirit comes. And if you've placed your faith in Jesus, he says, God loves you. You were a sinner. You see the difference? Satan says, you're a sinner. The Holy Spirit says, you were a sinner. That's not who you are anymore. You can do better. God has something better for you. And instead of feeling condemned and beaten down, the Holy Spirit lifts you up, encourages you, and brings you into remembrance of the love God has for you. He helps you when you sin even. He's our helper. Number two, he's my friend. And he's not weird. I wouldn't be friends with him if he was. No, I'm just kidding. He is not weird. He is a friend. John 14, 26. It says this. But the helper, and this is the amplified translation, so it kind of expands on that. The helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby. You may know him as the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name or in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things, and he will help you remember everything that I have told you. This is our friend, the Holy Spirit. And you think about what he does. Isn't that the kind of friend that you want to have? He's a good friend, right? He's a comforter. He's an advocate. He's a helper. He's a strengthener. I could use some strength, right? I could use a friend who stands by me 
right? Even when life gets difficult, you know it. It's the Holy Spirit. No, I won't. Yeah. As you stand, stand by me. Sing it out. So That's the Holy Spirit. He's your friend. Right? He's a friend that you've always wanted. That's good. Right? I, I wanted you to remember the Holy Spirit is your friend. Doesn't that sound like the kind of friend you would want? The, guy, the kind of friend that is always with you, who comforts you when you're hurting, who advocates for you. He argues on your behalf in the courtroom of heaven. He intercedes for you. He's constantly praying for you. He's your counselor. How many of you know, man, I need a friend to give me wise counsel sometimes when I don't know what to do. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. He's our strengthener. I know about, I know I need strength. I know I'm not strong enough to do what God has called me to do, and neither are you. You need the strengthener. You need your standby, your ride or die. It's the Holy Spirit. He's the friend that you've always longed for. And listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Some of you have always been dissatisfied with relationships in your life because you've been looking for a person to do what only the Holy Spirit can do for you. Yeah, and a romantic relationship will never fill that void that only a supernatural relationship can fill. The Holy Spirit. And when you understand, man, he is my helper. He is the one that's always by my side. He gives me strength. He gives me wise counsel. He always listens to me when I talk. He never leaves my side. He always has my back. Then you can look at your friends and you can look at your spouse and you can just enjoy them for who they are. Because you're not crushing them with the weight of expectation that only the Holy Spirit can live up to. He is a friend. And listen, he is not weird. We've got to dispel that myth. We've all seen weird people talk about the Holy Spirit and do weird stuff and blame it on the Holy Spirit. And then we conclude, well, the Holy Spirit must be weird. That's not true. Those people would be weird without the Holy Spirit. It's so, it is true. If it was a mechanic, he'd be a weird mechanic. She'd be a weird coin collector. They just happen to be weird people that talk about the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's a survey that says one out of three people are weird. So do this. Look to your left. Look to your right. If neither one of those people look weird. It's you. Okay. It's actually one out of two. I'm kidding. <laughs> now, many times we see weird people, and so we conclude that the Holy Spirit is weird. But the truth is, you can be a normal person and believe in the power and work of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be weird. You don't have to be goofy. I mean, when I was growing up, man, I was around some people who talked a lot about the Holy Spirit and they were weird. Some of the weirdest people I ever met in my life were the people who talked about the Holy Spirit the most. Some of the meanest people I met were Holy Spirit talking people. And I was like, well, what's up with this? Is the Holy Spirit mean? Is he weird? Not the way I read about him in the Bible. And so I was confused. Why, why do these people who sometimes talk about the Holy Spirit the most do the things that make everyone feel the most uncomfortable? 
When the Holy Spirit, Jesus just said, he's your comforter. He's your friend. Right? I've had, I've had people in church who, you know, in the name of the Holy Spirit, they've just done insane things. Like, why are you interrupting church right now? I just started getting something out of that. Right? Like, I've had people pray for me, and they were acting weird and trying to push me backwards in the name of the Holy Spirit. Like, put, you got their hand on your head, and they're pushing, and you're like, don't push me. Right? Like, no, you ain't pushing me. Right? I can push back with my head. Right? Like, I am going down. Right? Don't be weird. Don't be trying to blame it on the Holy Spirit. But think, doesn't it make sense? Doesn't this make sense? Who would want you to think the Holy Spirit is weird? The enemy. enemy. Think about what happened in the early church. When the early church received the Holy Spirit, what happened? They were filled with power. They were filled with boldness. They preached and thousands of people got uh, saved in one day. They prayed for the sick and they were healed. They prayed for the dead and they were raised to life. They turned the world upside down, literally. And so what do you think your enemy, the devil, wants to do? Well, I got to get these people to back away from the Holy Spirit. I got to get them to stand back. I, I, I can't have these Christians embracing the power in person of the Holy Spirit. So Satan created this controversy and he caused people who were weird to just kind of run rampant. And he caused Christians to focus on just one gift. And he wants to get people scared. But the thing is, he is your friend. He's your friend and he comes with benefits, supernatural benefits. (laughs) He comes with great benefits like power. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The early church, they were hiding in a room and the Holy Spirit showed up and gave them power. He brings love. In Romans 5, it says that God's love is poured out into you by the Holy Spirit. And I remember a time in my life when I was really renewed in my relationship with God and I felt like the Holy Spirit filled me or refilled me up and the thing that happened in that moment wasn't weird. What happened was I was filled with an overwhelming understanding of God's love for me. And it was strange. It was strange to feel that kind of love that only God can love us with. That's one of the things the Holy Spirit does. Have you ever, man, I just don't feel loved. You need to know the Holy Spirit because one of his jobs is to pour God's love into you. He comes, he gives you the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's talked about in Galatians 5. It says the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of you say, I could use some of those things? Some of guys, right? You can say, I could use some word. I could use some help with gentleness with my words, right? Some moms would say, I could use some help with some patience. Someone who's going through a hard time right now could say, I would use some help with some, some joy or some peace. Or maybe you've been struggling with some addiction. You say, I just don't have the self-control. I just can't stop. Well, guess what? One of the things the Holy Spirit does is gives you self-control. That sounds really good, doesn't it? He gives us gifts, it says in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. We'll talk about this more in the weeks to come. But he gives us gifts supernaturally to equip us for ministry. He's our friend. He wants to talk to us. Wouldn't it be weird to say he's your friend and then not talk, to, talk, not talk to him? He talks to you. He talks to you through his word, the Bible. He was the one who led the authors of scripture to write down each and every word. So he's your friend. He gives you this book, the Bible, which tells you all about him and what he likes and what he's about and what he wants for you. And it'd be kind of weird not to read it. As you read it, you're going to come to understand him more. He'll speak to you through his word. He'll speak to you through his voice. 
Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And so it's normal for people to hear the Holy Spirit lead them and speak to them concerning their situation. Now, a lot of times people will say, well, I feel like maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking to, you, to me, but it just sounds like my own thoughts. And that's normal. It's normal for it to sound like your thoughts because the Holy Spirit is a person, but he's a spirit. He speaks to your renewed spirit and your spirit forms thoughts in your mind. That's why sometimes his voice sounds like your thoughts. But over time, you'll find that as your relationship with him continues, you'll learn to recognize his voice easier and easier. He'll say, hey, and you'll be like, oh, the Holy Spirit's speaking to me right now. I recognize his voice. And it gets easier. Oftentimes, it gets easier and easier to hear his voice. I hear his voice now easier than I used to. And one of the things I've learned is usually he's telling me to do something I don't want to do. <laughs> right? It's just the truth. He'll be like, you should talk to her. I don't really want to talk to her. You should talk to her. Okay, fine. Right? Like, that's, that's kind of how it goes a lot of times. But it's him speaking. He's our helper. He's our friend. And third, he's my God. He's our God. And that's something you have to embrace and understand. It's very common for people who've grown up in church or Christians to think about the Father as God. You hear that Jesus is God, and you're like, well, yeah, of course. But then you hear that the Holy Spirit is God. And for some Christians, you kind of pull back from that a little bit. It makes you feel a little uneasy. Like, I don't know, is he? It's easy to think about the Holy Spirit as if he's just the, the deputy member of the Trinity. Like he's just the little brother of God. He's just the, the sidekick of Jesus. The reality is he is fully God. The Holy Spirit exists as part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They are three in one. They are equally God. Three in one? Pastor Ryan, what does that mean? How could they all be three in one? Be one but three. Be one but three. I can't understand that. It's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I don't got anything for you there. I'm just a dude. He's God. I kind of don't get it either. You know what I mean? Like, so John 15, 26, we just get some insight into the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together. But when the helper comes, Jesus says, who I'm will I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. So Jesus said he proceeds from the Father. He comes from the Father. You know who else comes from the Father? Jesus. He comes from the Father full of truth and grace, unfailing love, right? That's what John chapter 1 says. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. We see them all show up at the baptism of Jesus in Luke chapter 3. Just like we just had a baptism and some people got baptized and their family members came out to watch and cheer for them. When Jesus got baptized, his family showed up. Right. Right? He was getting baptized and this is what it says. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Isn't that credible? That's incredible. That people were there watching Jesus get baptized, and it says in scripture that everyone heard a voice from heaven. Could you imagine seeing Jesus get baptized, and all of a sudden, like in surround sound, God's voice, this is my son, and you're like, dang! <laughs> He is the son of God. It said the Holy Spirit was there in that moment and descended on him in bodily form. And look, it said like a dove. Not that a dove descended. The Holy Spirit descended like a dove. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three in one. They defer to each other. They love each other. They encourage each other. You know that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if you could listen to them talk to each other, it'd be like this. 
I love you. I love you. I love you. You're the best. No, you're the best. You're the best. We're the best. (laughs) That's really good to know because that means that God did not create you to love him. He did not create you because he needed someone to love him. He has always been 100% love and content within himself. He created you to love you. The Holy Spirit, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they work together to save you. Oftentimes we, we think mostly like, well, Jesus saved me. The truth is that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit work together to save you. It was a team rescue mission. The Bible says that the Father glorifies the Son, Jesus. The Son does what the Father says. And the reason that the Son came is to show us the Father. The Son told us the Holy Spirit was coming. And the Holy Spirit, what does he do? He leads you to Jesus. It's like this team effort of working together to save you. The Holy Spirit, what's so cool about him? He doesn't come to toot his own horn, but he glorifies Jesus. And he says, man, isn't Jesus amazing? That's why I always get really skeptical of people who talk a lot about the Holy Spirit and supernatural things, but don't talk about Jesus. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit came to lead us to Jesus, to glorify Jesus. And if you could hear the Holy Spirit talking, he would say, Jesus is the best. Jesus is great. And when the Spirit of God is present, people come to Jesus. That's what happens. Let's see this. We can prove through Scripture that the Holy Spirit is God. Acts chapter 5, verses 3 through 4. It says, But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And then it goes on to say, You have not lied to man, but to God. The Holy Spirit is God. And I'm emphasizing he's God because a lot of times we say we know that, but then in our heart, with our attitude, with our actions, we don't show that we know he's God. So we have to know he is God. I want to read to you what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. There are scripture verses that say all these things. It says, the Holy Spirit intercedes through us on earth. The Holy Spirit calls and qualifies every minister for their work. It is the Holy Spirit who makes them overseers of the flock. He hears, speaks, teaches, and guides us into all truth. He glorifies Christ, receives from Christ, reveals Christ to us, and brings all of Christ's words to our remembrance. It is better than Jesus left so he could come. He shows us things to come, knows the deep things of God, searches all things, and reveals all things. Where he is, there is liberty. The writers of the Bible spoke as they were moved by him. We are warned not to grieve him or quench him. The sin against him is unpardonable because sin against him is against the only one who can reveal the Son to us. The Bible says, unless we are born of the Spirit, we cannot enter the kingdom of God. We are convicted by him, born again by him, led by him, filled by him, and sealed by him. He is God, the Holy Spirit. He's good. He is our helper. He's our friend. He is our God. He is a kind and compassionate and wonderful person. And I hope that you will allow him to become your best friend. He's amazing. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads for a moment. Just between you and God, to have a moment to, to kind of concentrate in privacy. Let me ask you this. Are you a little bit afraid of the Holy Spirit? 
Have you maybe seen some bad examples or some misuses or abuses that have been done in the Holy Spirit's name and kept your heart closed to a full relationship with the Holy Spirit? Have you pulled away from the presence of the Holy Spirit at times or shrunk back from feeling his leading? I wanna encourage you to realize three truths today. That the Holy Spirit was sent to be your helper, that he wants to be your intimate friend. And then the thing that makes that so amazing is understanding that he is God. So I hope that today we'll begin the process for some of you of embracing him as helper, friend, and God in your life. Maybe you're here today and you came to church and you'd say, I know right now I can tell, just being honest, I sense that I, I am a sinner, that I have sin, which has separated me from God. And you know, you've become aware of that, that sensation. You have to understand that that is the Holy Spirit who convicts us of sin so that we can accept our Savior, Jesus. So maybe you're here right now and you'd say, I have not been to church in 16 years. Uh, I've had no relationship with God for a long time. I've done a lot of things which I know would not please God. But right now in my heart, I feel this desire to come back to him. I feel a desire to be close to him again. I want to be forgiven by him. I want to experience his love and his friendship and his favor. I wanna be a part of his family. And if you're feeling that way, you need to understand it's the Holy Spirit of God that is making you feel that way. You would not feel that way if he was not pulling on your heart. If you're here and you're feeling that way, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond and receive the Lord into your life, to experience his forgiveness and his love. So if you're ready to take that step of faith today, you feel God pulling you right now, and you'd say, yes, I'm ready to respond to that. I don't understand everything about this, but I do know that God loves me and I wanna be forgiven by him and I wanna have everything that he has for me. I'm gonna believe, I'm gonna trust him then this is your moment. I'm just gonna ask you in your own heart to pray this prayer to God. Just say, God, I know that I have sinned and I need your forgiveness, but I believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And I believe that he rose again on the third day so that I could have victory over sin and death in my life. And so now I wanna follow him for the rest of my life. I wanna follow you, Lord. I wanna know you more. I wanna be more like you. And I wanna experience the love that you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Isn't God good? Listen, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I wanna celebrate with you. This is something we do every week just to say that God is moving and show that we have given our life to him, not ashamed, not afraid, just as a way of saying that I prayed that prayer right now. If you did, if you just accepted Jesus, maybe for the first time or the first time in a long time, we just wanna celebrate with you. We're not gonna embarrass you. But if you prayed that prayer, I'm just gonna ask you to shoot your hand up on the count of three. One, God loves you. Two, don't be afraid, he's your friend. Three, come on, just shoot your hand up so we can celebrate. That's great, one, that's amazing, awesome. Thank you, anyone else? That's awesome. Isn't God good, come on. We gotta give him praise. He's a good God, he's our helper. He's our friend. Come on, let's sing this out. Yes, Lord.